<laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Sorry for all the craziness. So, uh, Thomas. Would, would you like to play a game? <laughs> Golden ticket? You never give me your money. Um, no, that's uh, golden slumber. Um, do do you? Uh, well, you guys don't have like a, a yard, right? Like you don't have to go out and, and mow. No, no, Florida. no, not not now. We're in an apartment yeah. right now, so yeah. So I, we have to mow, and I've got like close to an acre. And yeah, you know, I used to get a lawn service because you know I'm a I'm a wasp. <laughs> right <laughs> in columbia in the columbia suburbs um but uh, now actually we're in town but i um you know i've been trying to trying to mow so uh, i i used to mow with like a like a uh, rotary mow now what are they what are they called what's the ones that like the like the the brady bunch one? right they don't have a motor you just yeah. like running it's like you know propeller whatever yeah you know. right it's, it's human powered um yeah, we know. had one of those for a minute <clears throat> well we live in columbia too <laughs> Yeah, so I I bought one like last year because I had a riding mower and I was like, man, this feels like overkill, you know. Like I, in Asheville, yeah, I needed a riding mower because you know it's up and down hills. It's like I, it, it's all flat, you know. It's it's pretty much a rectangle here. Um, so I got one of those things and I, and I I used it for like a year and a half and I felt good and then you know this year grass starts growing in Columbia in February. Right. It's like yeah, there's no way in hell I'm gonna gonna push that thing <laughs> for two hours all around this yard. <laughs> Yeah. So I went out for a couple eight months. Yeah. So I did all the research on like uh, Sweet Home and all those great sites out there, the review sites. But let's just go ahead and say Sweet Home is a fantastic. It's it's got to be the best review site out there, right? Well, and Wirecutter is the uh, tech component of that, and it's right. their sister companies, and now they're owned by was it New York Times, I believe. Oh, I don't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, someone, but the Sweet Home is just—it's it, just really good. Their reviews are always fantastic and in depth, and they review everything. Yeah, right. And, and they make so, their money anyway. through affiliate links. So if you actually, yeah. like I did, I actually bought the lawnmower that they said you should, you should buy. <laughs> like, yeah. if you could look at like the best, you know, push mower because I don't want a riding mower. Uh, and I was going to get an electric, but you know, I've, I've got everything else electric. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill the planet a little bit with my carbon footprint here. Anyway, um, so I. I I had it ordered from Amazon, and our our mail person clearly hates me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like at least once a day we get a package from either UPS or USPS and uh, or FedEx. And um, you know the people don't even talk to us anymore. They just kind of throw the things, even if they're large, upon the upon yeah. the stoop, and they're like, "Here you we're go, on, your lawnmower." It's <laughs> your lawnmower. We're on the second level, like the second story in our apartment, and. Um, our UPS guy like knows us and he just calls it Mount St. Whitley. <laughs> That's good. Cause it's, and he's always lugging like, you know, a 50 pound bag of dog food mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't yeah. know. Um, any, yeah, it's always just crazy. We haven't bought a lawnmower yet cause we haven't needed one, but <laughs> I bought a headboard that's... last week. I'm, I'm excited about that coming in. <laughs> we, we did buy a bed. We bought a bed from Amazon. See? Yeah. Like a platform bed. Um, yeah. A while back. <clears throat> that I was gotta, fun. I've got to get a new one. Right, we just, Let's put a headboard. I I got one of those uh, Casper mattresses, you know the yeah. mattress in a box thing. Yeah. I mean it's it's nice. You like the big king size thing. It's it's uh it's, it's squishy. Like it. But anyway, so I'm, I'm mowing today, and uh, I've got like 30 minutes because I start mowing at 5:15, and I'm like I can do this. So I'm like sweating to the oldies out there, you know, old guy, and I'm, I've got my push mower. <laughs> anyway, I felt good. It was like the the first time I've really gotten out in the. Your cut off jorts. Yeah, they're they're basically that. <laughs> my my black socks and sand no. Um, I thought about cutting an English garden in the backyard because it hadn't mowed yeah. in like two weeks. And I was like, I can just do some meandering paths and make it pretty, but decided not to do that. 
anyway, yeah, mowing. I, that's that's a it's a struggle. But thankfully, we we live in the era of uh, wireless headphones. Big fan of those. Yeah. We've got uh got the 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 Beats something. Wait, so that was your story? Yeah, I was just saying it's hot. That's why I was a few minutes late because I was mowing. And, <laughs> it's hot. And I'm, and I mowed today. I'm sitting here like it's in funny. my my sweat drenched uh, <laughs> workout gear because you know we we had the girls. I, I had to go to Charlotte today. I got back. Had meetings all day, and then I was like, oh, I got 45 minutes. It's on the calendar because I'm I'm a calendar person. Yeah, uh, I used to do it, uh, but it integrates with Google Calendar now. So when I when I have things to do and and uh, my and my wife knows this. And and my ex-wife and uh, and my kids. <laughs> my my nine-year-old is an avid user of Google Apps now, and uh, we we share things on on the calendar. It's pretty cute. Um, like she'll send me invites to like, let's go watch Wonder Woman again. Yes. Um, you know, so so if something comes up on the calendar, I'm I'm trying to be consistent about about doing it and saying, you know what, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push hard and push the more hard. I don't want. I don't want my calendar to be fake news. You know. <clears throat> Does it make you feel good about yourself when you like? I said I was going to mow today, and I mowed today. No, but it makes you know. I said I was going to you know, get these three pages up on this client website and do this, and you know, put together this marketing proposal. And yeah, I got all those things done, and that was, mm. was good. When you when you got to balance the the family and the and the uh, yeah and the work and and the clients, and the clients are needier than the families, you know. Always. <laughs> so how are you doing? Um, yeah, pretty good. I'm I'm really excited about the what we have going on over here at Thinking.fm. You want to you want to hop straight into that? Yeah. So I figured what we would do is we kind of intro it this week, let people know, and then we would kind of really get started on it next week. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I like it. <clears throat> do we have drum roll sound effects or any, can we dim the lights yeah dim, you know, get the pyrotechnics ready computer dim the office lights stop don't do that Sorry, i didn't find office lights no yeah i don't have that set up um so we've got we've got 94 single player elimination bracket it's through a uh, uh, platform called challenge challenge is, <laughs> i didn't i didn't create that um, yeah but it but so it makes you think like you know I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> the, the domain was available, evidently. Uh, anyway, so yeah, challenge.com/thinkingreligion, and uh, there's a link down in the show notes. And we've got 94 biblical books, apocryphal books, quote unquote, yeah, yeah, pseudepigraphal books, uh, and non-canonical, I guess, or just. You know, and some books that may or may not even exist. <laughs> exactly. Like the secret gospel of Mark. <laughs> I thought you would like that. What's what's the other one? Yeah, There's another one in there. Uh, not gospel. Of, yeah, gospel of Mary is not really gospel. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's a couple in there that. Yeah, are, you got the Book of Marcion and. Yeah, yeah, Book of Marcion. There, that was. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. Ah, I'll throw it in there. Yeah. Exactly. Why not? So yeah, so we have the. I, I was going to call it first annual. Um, maybe we'll do. We, we have other ideas for other brackets, but where we're starting, we're kind of coming out the gate just massive, right? So we're doing uh, this huge thinking religion Bible bracket challenge um, that we want you to go in and make predictions, <clears throat> and we're going to find out which is uh, the best, you know, Bible or Bible affiliated Bible pseudo Bible uh, book, period of all time, ever of all time, yeah. And, and the criteria will be decided by us. 
So keep that in mind. Yeah, that's the thing. Looking. So let's let's talk about the criteria a little bit. I was having a conversation uh, with my wife today, and I was like, "Sure, you're going to do your Bible challenge." About this. Yeah, people are like, like "So uh, how, how she do you was like, it? I'm not going to do your Bible challenge because like y'all are just going to make it up." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> but then what I thought, so I thought, you know what we could do? So, so we'll have to talk a little bit about the criteria. But I thought, right? So if we say, okay, each week we're going to do these matchups, right? So you know, this week we're doing matchups one through five or five through ten that you can write in. And you can kind of lobby for your picks. Yeah, right? so we've already gotten like some Tobit love. Right, exactly. A little yeah. bit of Tobit. And uh, obviously, because I mean, I'm going to be lobbying for the Gospel of Thomas. And Sam is going to be lobbying for Second Samuel. We yep. know this already. Yep. Right. So, um, so you can lobby uh, and, yep. and tell us why you think this book uh, should win. Um, we're both getting notifications about Donald Trump tweets, I think. Sorry. I think yeah. just then. Let me, let me turn that down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you can write in and you can lobby. Um, the thing is, we're going to have to figure out how many we're going to do each week. It's, it's going to take us a while to go through it. We're going to take our time. Um, you know, hope that you'll use this as a learning opportunity. Uh, we'll use this as a teaching opportunity. Uh, and maybe a bit of a refresher as well. You know, I was thinking I had, about, yeah. I was thinking about the letter of Aristius. It was like, okay, I know, yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and refresh myself on the letter of Aristius a little bit. Um, exactly. And and each week as we go through these, and I'll, I'll try to have these set up by by next week, um, so that people can make their submissions or their predictions. I guess uh, if you actually click on any of the matches, so if you go to like Bell and the Dragon versus Habak, I can never say this Habakkuk. Back, um, yeah. You'll see the the blue paperclip. If you click on that, it'll take you to a link so you can read Bell and the Dragon if you've forgotten your Bell and the Dragon. Um, and and the Wikipedia entry on Habakkuk. I'll I'll get the the text there for you. But I, I thought like a summation might be better for the longer books. I mean, not that you shouldn't go down and read Habakkuk. You should definitely read all of this. So what this means is means in the next few weeks you're going to read the entire the entire Bible plus. A lot of other stuff too. Exactly, so, this is a wonderful yeah. like educational experience. Exactly. It, I mean, it's like, everybody. It's like I'm going to read the Bible in a year. You're like, yeah. Well, I read the Bible plus all these other things in like six weeks. So, you no, know, just you know, thinking about the Gospel of Mary and some of the uh, textual implications of that. Because I, I, you know, I was like, should I put this in? And I, I kind of went through and read little pieces about each one of these, Wikipedia or whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's that. We'll, we'll throw it in there. You know. So I, I think this will be fun to follow along for people and, and just to increase biblical literacy, which we always talk about as being a, right. A so, I mean, thing. we're trying to do our little part here and, you know, our little corner of the internets. Yeah. And, uh, so, so, yeah if have, so, uh, so if you have like Sunday school groups or, or, or students, you know, and we won't curse in the next few episodes. <laughs> you can, uh, you can at least maybe not so late in the show. <laughs> right. When we forget, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play the outro music and then we'll have the real show after we yeah. do the, the brackets. Um, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like three to four max per show. Because yeah, gonna, I, it's going to take that's, ten to fifteen so it's twenty take, minutes. It's going to take a while. Yeah, to to Keep really. Playing. I mean, some of these are, are obvious, right? Um, yeah, I'm not going to give anything away, but some of them are obvious. Where I already know where I'm going to go. Um, pretty sure Sam will probably be opposite of me, but um, no. I mean, we want to use this as an opportunity to kind of. You know, teach a little bit, learn a little bit, be good for everybody. And you can say you read Bell and the Dragon and, you know, the Prayer of Azariah. Yeah. Esther versus Luke. That's a good book. That's, that's, that uh, a lot of them. So, so I'm looking at the oh, – and I guess we should, you should maybe explain the seating a little bit, right? Because you have – Luke. 
You have Ezekiel as a one seed. I love Ezekiel. It's the best book in the Bible. I forget which one was the 94 seed. Was it um? Was it the letter of Aristius? Uh, I can't remember. Book of Martians, 92. Yeah, yeah, letter of Aristius. Yeah, 94. Yeah. So, um, so we so they're seated. I don't know if we want to say more about how they were seated, but um, I had a few beers and um, yeah, <laughs> they're seated as they're seated. <laughs> so you can take that up with the selection committee next year. Yeah, that's uh, Thomas at thomaswhitley.com. Um. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna take our time on this, uh, but I'm we're both really excited about this. We had uh, if you if you followed along, if you listened last week, you know we talked about you know which gospel is the best, and we we're basically ranking the gospels because the gospels aren't going to rank themselves. <laughs> That's good. So, You've been practicing. Um, and then so I put out uh, you know the I think now infamous poll on Twitter about which was the best gospel. I had the only four, you know, real options, which was uh, Matthew, Mark, Gospel, Thomas, and John. Um, We received quite a bit of pushback for leaving Luke out, but mainly we were just trying to troll David Skelton. So, and now David Skelton gets his first shout out on the show. So um, I think he'll be happy about that. He was, he was asking for that this week. And it's like, well, you know, you gotta, you know, friend of the show interact with us, which obviously he does, you know, a fair amount. And he was very, very pro Luke. And um, mainly we were just trolling him. So that's why we didn't include Luke. But at David A. Skelton on Twitter, people uh, don't say their Twitter handle. (laughs) Right, exactly. So uh, like, rest in peace, uh, David Skelton's mentions. Maybe w, w. Travis McMacken, who you won't see any notifications from. <laughs> yeah, because he's um, he's currently experiencing a shadow ban right now. Um, so, so, so I put the poll out, and I had like over seventy respondents to the poll, to the gospel poll, um, and it was it was um, it was a good poll. It was really interesting. Uh, Mark one, John kind of came back. Um, at the end there, which is really surprising, kind of a late, a good showing. But Mark won forty two percent, which was expected. Um, but Matthew, actually, Thomas fell to the end. Like Thomas fell to fourth place. It was Mark and Thomas kind of neck and neck for a while. Thomas fell to fourth place uh, behind John and Matthew. Well, the Gnostics uh, always vote early. I know they got so. places to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, they can't be tied to this world. So. Yeah, exactly. Mark um, and see, but, Mark's got to go against Song of Solomon. And then if, if Mark wins, Mark has to go against Psalms. That's, that's tough. It's a tough matchup, yeah. So um, the other thing that I'm interested in, and we, you know, we already had some people do their predictions, um, but I'm interested in, in looking at more of the brackets and kind of seeing um, you know, who's kind of got their Cinderella teams. And um, you know, some of the ones that I've seen so far have been maybe kind of expected. Like, okay, I can, expect, I can see how that, how that got there. Um, so it's going to be interesting too to see how um, how well people do, and and there we will pick. There will be a winner at the end, and it's not just us picking a winner. I mean, there it's going to be based on the hard data of how well you do in the Thinking Religion Bible Bracket Challenge. Yeah, exactly, and I'm 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 loving this the uh, prediction so far. We've gotten a number of them, and uh, we've got Matthew winning from Dale. I don't know if she, can everyone see the predictions. Or is it just yeah. me? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Everybody can see. Everybody can see. You can look at anybody's. I was gonna say, oops, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Trevor has the uh, stories about women bracket, which I think is pretty pretty exciting. Um, yeah, we've got some really good ones in there. The I study Gnosticism bracket from David. That's D right. That's David. That's the yeah, D right. Uh, David Ray Allen's. 
um, bracket. And yeah, and he has Gospel Thomas winning, uh, just squeaking it out over First John, uh, which is really interesting. First John, I know. Like that's that's a that's a that's a deep run for a team with heart. That's that's a Gonzaga on an off year, you know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's that's so. um, You know, we should probably get. It'd be good if we had somebody like him who actually knows sports because he's been a sports journalist um, better than we do. Like he could, he could really come and break down our brackets. So I know he's listening. He's actually traveling all over, all over right now, all over the country, uh, writing. Um, all over the country. But, all over the country. Yeah. Um, he was in Tennessee or Virginia today. Uh, he said not to Seattle and some other places. Anyway, I'm not going to tell everybody his play by play because. Um, that's for him to do. You can follow him on Twitter and read about his stuff. But um, but since I know you're listening, uh, if you want to come on and and maybe break down some of these matchups for us, um, then uh, we'd be we'd be happy to to have your expertise. So, do you have any uh, do you have any Cinderella books in mind? So i I do. Um, do you want to spill the beans yet, or do you want to you want to wait until we formally get going? Was, okay, a couple that I'm really interested in seeing how they perform. Um, mainly seeing how you and I decide to make decisions later down the road. But you know, seeing how they perform once they, you know, that's this is why we play the game because you just don't know. I mean, you don't know. You know, one team looks strong on paper, but you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in to see how Bell and the Dragon is going to perform. Yeah, that's easy. So, I mean, that's they, if it can get past Ezekiel. I mean Ezekiel versus I know, Matthew, I think is going to be a big one. So that's that's a really uh, that's a really tough uh, matchup there. But but Bell and Dragon is really good. Could be a sleeper. Yep. Um, also thinking about Gospel of Judas. Um, I don't know that it's going to get the love that I want it to get. But um, the Gospel of Judas uh, first round matchup against Nehemiah. Yeah, but then you got John. Yeah. <clears throat> John's a good so, hook. Deep bench. Lots of good so, stuff. So we're seeing about that. Um, John will go out in the second round for sure. Um, <laughs> it's only because he's not playing in the first round. <laughs> well, he got to buy because John's in, you know, a two seed. Um, and so, so that's okay. So, so those are some of the ones I'm, I'm really interested in. I'm also interested in uh, Song of Solomon. But the thing is, it has just a just a, a horrible draw going up against Mark in the first round. Yeah, I know. That was so, so Song of Solomon. <laughs> I mean, you know, all of us who are big, you know, fans of, you know, sexuality. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one. We have some others. Um, the Didache. I'm really excited about seeing how it performs. Obviously, the Gospel of Thomas is probably gonna go all the way, but we'll just have to see. We'll have to, you know, get out on the gridiron and see what happens. I like the Didache. I think it, I think it should have made it into the canon. Oh, absolutely. It's such a good text, and it's so good. I mean, there's great instruction about baptism, I and mean, yeah. we'll talk about all this when we get to the second round and get to a Didache matchup, because the Didache definitely got um, a, a first-round buy. But then we have like the additions to Esther, which also got a first-round buy, which is not a bad thing, um, but really interesting, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we'll talk about that. So, yeah, so, I mean, those are, those are a couple of ones. Obviously, Secret Gospel of Mark. Um, I'm gonna have to honestly put a lot of thought into that one. That matchup with Amos, and and, oh, and, and can we actually can we actually have a book win that may or may not exist? <laughs> I mean, yes. as a religion scholar, I'm gonna say absolutely yes. Absolutely, what's missing? Okay, so so you know we got a ton here. We got 94 options, but you know what's missing? Uh, Q. Q is yeah. missing. Yeah, that was on purpose. 
know. Just a nice little slight to the to the Q scholars of the world. Yeah, that's I, I did that on purpose. I mean, you, you got Mark and and Matthew and Luke, and that's most of you. Got all you need, right? You basically. <laughs> You got a cube just kind of spread out, right? So basically, cube. cube you know, somebody came in and bought cube, broke it down for parts, and sold it to Mark and Matthew and Luke. Yeah, right. Yeah. So stop your complaining. But I mean, all of these books are imagined, right? I mean, there's no such thing as a canonical like First Maccabees. This is true. Which is a hard thing to get your head around. Yeah. For I mean, a lot of my fellow evangelical Christians like to say, "Hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are." inventions that we've made and we keep right. reinventing them you open your bible is like there is no manuscript from the ancient world that matches the text that you read in your bible exactly right. they're, they're all creations done by a committee mostly i mean sometimes it's one person the message but you know mostly it's a it's a committee that you know puts together ideas and, and whether that's based on nestle Land or, or you know whatever like there's a it's a consensus uh, among a certain group but that doesn't mean that you know, Paul sat down and wrote Romans the way we're reading Romans. Did Paul write Romans? I think so. I think there was a letter floating around. But does that look anything like what we have now? Well, I don't know. But it's kind of fun to think that what you know, what's in your NIV is a different thing than what's in my NRSV or my CEV or whatever. Yeah. And, and, we and it's not just that the like English language is different. It's you know sometimes it's um, they they're reading the manuscript evidence differently. I mean, look at the KJV. You know, I mean, King Jimmy only had so many sources to work with when he sat down. And, and they wrote weren't it. the best in the older sources, right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and and you know, there's lots of translations that are still based on that, especially in, in my Baptist faith tradition. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. and uh, it's it's a different beast, and I think that's that's part of what I want to come out of this understanding is like no, the letters of Martian or the you know the the book of Martian whatever doesn't exist, but it doesn't exist, you know, kind of in a similar way that Song of Solomon doesn't necessarily exist. But don't say that about the uh, Torah though. <laughs> so um, so we're gonna start like. Uh, round one will commence next week. Is that right? Next week? Is, or do we want to wait? I don't know. What? I, I don't know. Let's 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 get some listener feedback. I, I'm ready to go. I, I think we should start sooner than later. Um, but I still want to get you know enough predictions. I mean, we've got a number, but I want I want to get you know I want to let people spread the word a little bit. So um, we won't start before next week. We won't start before <laughs> next week's show. Um, well, do you, I mean, do you want to start next week? We can start next week. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any reason we need to wait longer than next week. Give people a week. Well, you know, they can share it with their friends right. and their grandmothers this week. Yeah, uh, we'll much. start next week. So we should probably tell people which matchups we're going to do. And the matchups are numbered, as you can see, um, when you look at it. So are we going to do the first four matchups next week? Um, yes, I say we should do it numerically. So one, two, three, four. Yeah. So that and means each um, week we'll, we'll do, cause I mean that way, like I, I did a, a bronze medal, uh, finisher over there. So if you go to the, to the very end of the tournament, um, there's a match for, um, number 91, the loser of 91 and loser of 92. And whoever wins that is the, the bronze winner. So we're going to have 94 matchups total. 
So that means next week, first matchup will be Leviticus v. Zephaniah. Yep. Bell and the Dragon v. Habakkuk. Philippians v. Tobit. And the Apocryphon and John v. Micah. You think we can get through four? I don't know. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try to do four next week. Leviticus um, Zephaniah. I mean, that's a good one. I know. I know. So we're gonna try to get through four matchups next week. We don't exactly know how long this is gonna take. Um but so look at the first four matchups, go ahead and do your brackets and um you know, write in uh on Twitter, email us, etc. and uh, make your arguments for why you think uh, your team should win. That's what we want to hear. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, so if we do four per week, it's going to go quick ap- quickly after we get... Um, after we get to the first round. The first round, yeah. I mean, there's 30 matchups in the first round, so that's going to take us six weeks to get to the first round at that rate. Yeah, Axe versus Second Samuel. Oof. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking there. I mean, Haggai. I think Haggai is kind of a... You know, kind of a... A weak bench now that now that I look back, but I do love me some axe. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the kind of internal struggle you're gonna have over that matchup, axe and second Samuel. Well, I mean, second Samuel's gonna win for me, <laughs> if not the tournament. <laughs> I, I intentionally rank some of the books that I I prefer lower just to give it a fair shake. Yeah. Um. You know, but books like First Timothy, like, screw you, you're you're down in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Hebrews, I, I I elevated Hebrews just to give it some, you know, give it some leg room. Yeah. Didn't want to put it in the bracket with UNC or Duke right off the bat, you know. Yeah. You know, maybe they can go back and take what they learned this year in the tournament and be a little stronger next year. Come back with, um, you know, some better bobs. <laughs> or something. Yeah, maybe they can lose a little weight, you know. <laughs> Tighten up a little bit. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think so too. So we're really excited about the Thinking Religion Bible Bracket Challenge. Link down in the show notes. Don't forget to fill out your predictions. Um, and this is going to, you know, we're just like March Madness. This is going to be summer and fall madness here at Thinking.fm. Now, if, if we were smart, we would have uh, we would would have made T-shirts and hats, so that you could. Uh, There's still time. <laughs> you could order your your uh, Ezra gear or your Hagan. Exactly. Gear. <laughs> Maybe we will for the final four. One shining moment. Yeah. Nehemiah. For such a time as this. <laughs> Don't you have that tattoo somewhere? That. That's great. <laughs> no, <laughs> but that is great. Final four, like you know, making a tournament um, gear. I think for such a time as this, that's that's yeah, yeah that's, a, that. that's so good for a Cinderella story. I like that. Yeah, we we'll have a final four matches ninety one and ninety two. Yeah. Um, those would be big shows. Yeah, we we should we should do a fundraiser. Help Thomas quit his job. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we could sell uh, whoever makes the final four. We could have like uh, some some swag. Maybe put a, a new era or or Under Armour or whatever the young people are wearing with their brackets these days. What what do college but, teams use Nike? Adidas. Well, it depends. Uh, FSU uses Nike now. I I think it's it's you know they're different ones. But I FSU the teams that get like uh, champion. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, our, our university sign with champion. We don't get the cool like 
Nike gear. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe after we do this, we could do a we could do a bracket with Bible book uh, mascots. Ooh, I like it. You know, because like historically, the Gospels do have you know uh, figures, you know, somewhat yeah. mythical creatures attached to them. Um, but then you've also got Bell and the Dragon, which obviously has a pretty awesome dragon. <laughs> so, Second Kings has a sure. she bear. Yeah, I know exactly. You got the she bears like mauling kids. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough matchup, right? See, see. I'm a big fan of the she bear. Yeah, I definitely am going to have to get some Bell and the Dragon swag. I'm excited about that. I always think that like that would be a great band name. Yeah, you know, Bell and the yeah. Dragon. That one's free, guys. Y'all can have that one. <laughs> We're just the idea people. I mean, exactly. Yeah, Bell and the Dragon. I mean, you can kind of say it reminds me of what, what was the band Bell and Sebastian? Do you know that? Yeah, I know Bell and yeah. Sebastian. Yeah, good band. Yeah, a lot of these could be you know Lamentations. Then that could be like a like a Swedish death metal band. <laughs> yeah, Wisdom of Solomon. Hmm. Oh, no. Bell and the Dragon's the best. Yeah, definitely. It it definitely has the best name of the of the lot. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully by now we've piqued your interest and you're like, what in the world is Bell and the Dragon? I need to go look this up. So this is your opportunity. To yeah, go you just do go there, you click on the little that. paperclip and, and uh boom, there's the whole thing. And it's not very long, it's only forty two lines. It's uh it's a good text. Uh it it's an addition to Daniel. Right. Um just like the prayer of Azariah. Um Right? Yeah. Yep. That's right. Um, so, yeah. But we'll talk about that more um, next week during that matchup. Okay. So, Thinking Religion, Bible Bracket Challenge, Make Your Brackets. We're really excited about this. Um, you can tell us why we're wrong or why we're geniuses for picking uh, one book to win over another book. <clears throat> and, the, and the king worshipped, worshipped it and went daily to adore it. But Daniel worshipped his own god. And the king said to him, Why don't you worship Bell? <laughs> okay. We, we won't so, tell you the secret joke about the dragon, but you'll find out next week. Tim Ekin. Um, Do you know the secret joke about the, the dragon, Thomas? Since you're not an old OT scholar. I'll slide into your DMs with it. Thanks. <laughs> Sliding in my DMs. Um, okay, so that's that. We're excited about that. Um, what else? This is like kind of all we've been talking about for a few days. <laughs> so, so how are you doing? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a number of different directions we can go, but um, yeah, the Gospels aren't going to rank themselves. I like that. Yeah, hope, I'm serious. Like yeah, in the next week, tell your friends. Tell your tell your wives or lovers or whoever you know go and uh submit a bracket you don't you don't have to be a, a phd um you can be a lay person you can be just a, a normal non-credential you know fox news watching person i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> just trying to make people feel awkward um so what do you what do you i don't know do you want to do the White evangelicals attitude on gay marriage. I was thinking. I mean, I was thinking about that. That was interesting, um, interesting. today. 
uh, for sure. This this data out of Pew, but a good good write up. And wasn't it Sarah Bailey and uh, the Washington Post? Yeah, yeah um, Sarah Pulliam Bailey. Uh, and the Post wrote this up. And this this was really interesting. So, yeah, let's talk about this for a minute. Um, basically, the article is that there's um, uh, just a huge divide, um, a generational divide in uh, attitudes toward gay marriage among white evangelicals. So, basically, uh, if you were born after 1964 uh, – for white evangelicals born after 1964, 47% of them support gay marriage. Um, if you uh, were born before 1964, that number is 26%. I mean, it's a 21 point difference, which is, I mean, it, it, it this is the kind of data that just verifies what we already knew. <laughs> right. Um, but nonetheless, to kind of see it this starkly broken out, um, by age like that and see the 20 point difference that's um that's big right i mean well, it, and it gets back to that pew um report that you shared earlier in the week about or last week i'm sorry uh about the average age or the median age of uh people in, in various yeah uh, religions and denominations yeah yeah you know and it's it's way over on the left and you know, it's, it's like the views get skewed because of the age groups. And, you know, this kind of data shows us that the older you are, the more, you know, traditionally conservative by that definition. I mean, not to put people in a pigeonhole, but, you know, if you're a 70-year-old evangelical, you're going to have different thoughts than a 30-year-old evangelical. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's fascinating. Yeah, 47%. And that's it was 35% in 2015, and now it's 47%. Right, I mean, twelve point two years in, in two years is um, that's significant, right? What yeah. happened two years ago? Obergefell versus Obergefell, Obergefell v. Hodges. That's right. Hey, so you, yeah. uh, do you do you remember? I was actually in D.C. when that passed. I know you were in D.C. that day. We talked about it on the show, didn't? Yeah, we? so was, yeah, so me and uh, me and my kids and and Mariana got to go and like we uh, we, we like protest or not protest. We celebrated with uh, with the people there, and and um, it was fun. It was it was a heck of a day. And, and the White and House was was, uh, was was in rainbow, so we lit went, up in rainbows. That's right. Yeah. Went and took pictures, and you know. So my my nine year old and I were talking about this uh, yesterday, and I was like, "Hey, you know, we were we were there when this happened two years ago." She's like, "Yeah, yeah." And we were pulling up the pictures and looking at them. Yeah, it was kind of neat. And and now we have this. So we're watching Superman 1978 version last night. Yeah. And she stops, like pauses it on Roku, and, and turns to me, and she says, "Dad, was Lex Luthor, like?" supposed to be donald trump because <laughs> she knows superman we watch supergirl on tv and that kind of stuff and and you know she she's a big comic fan i don't know where she gets that from but she um in the comics like lex Luthor's not always a like a real estate mogul you know he, he does all kind of other stuff but in the in the 1978 movie he's kind of this flamboyant real estate mogul guy and he's got the he's got the the you know the little cravache thing and necktie and is that what you call him what do you what do you call those things what a Wait, necktie? What's, the, yeah. what's the little neck neckerchief cravache? Is that what they're called? Cravache. I don't know. Someone will correct me. Candida. Candida. You're talking about an ascot? Yeah, I guess it's an ascot. But there's there's another name. Yeah, as oh, sure. Anyway, and he's very uh, he's very you know whatever. And she was like, I think they they modeled him on Donald Trump. <laughs> I was like, oh. So anyway, um, so we, so we watched it. But yeah, I, I think. I think that was a big mover, but I also think, I mean, Donald Trump coming in, like he he's much 
like he hasn't talked about the the issue of of you know gay marriage and when he has right. he he seems to have an open mind on it like i don't think he's kind of your traditional republican mike pence type candidate who wants to you know revert back to handmaidens tale type type yeah procreation yeah i mean i i think that yeah we're going to continue to see this and as um you know as the uh, older generations uh die which is a thing that happens. Um, then we're going to see the overall numbers of evangelicals continue to go up now. Right now, overall, white evangelicals' uh, support of gay marriage is at 35%. Um, it was at 25% two years ago, right? So that's a that's a 10-point jump. But if you see, you see a 12-point jump in those uh, aged uh, from they were born 64 and later. But you see a 10-point jump in two years from those born before 64, which is also kind of significant right uh, a 10 point jump in in that age group um in two years is pretty significant so but but get back to 2006 and it's 16 percent and 10 percent right you know 16 percent all the way to now 10 years later 47 percent and if you would have told me in the in the 90s you know that, that we would be at the point where gay marriage would not be that big of an issue even for evangelicals like i, I would not believe that you know so it, i don't know i think that's it's kind of a, a nice, you know, little little trinket of sugar on top of yeah. the crap. There was an interesting. Um, there's an interesting quote in this article. Let me find it again. Um, oh, here it is. Yeah, from the director of family formation studies at Focus on the Family, Glenn yeah. Stanton. Um, and he said, when young people see an issue legalized, they begin to believe it must be right. We see that with pot in Colorado. There's legitimizing and institutionalizing when you make something legal. And then it says, it goes on to say, but Stanton believes that attitude shifts don't really reflect a change in young evangelicals' conviction on the issue, which he said was, quote-unquote, paper thin. <laughs> a quality of youth is being idealistic and wanting to believe the world can be a certain way, Stanton said. Why can't we all get married? Right, so it, it was it kind of really took me back a little bit, right? Cause the idea here, right? The underlying assumption here is, Oh yeah, you're a liberal when you're young, but when you get like wiser and older, then you're going to be conservative again. Right. Which, and I don't know if you experienced that, but, um, I, I actually probably had the, the biggest shift in my, you know, where I would be on, on this completely arbitrary scale from conservative to liberal, uh, on a, from a religious perspective while I was in divinity school. Oh, yeah. And which yeah, is probably, yeah, true. Um, you know, shocking to a lot of people. But if you go to divinity school, you realize it's actually not that shocking. All right. <laughs> um, but even there, a lot of people there were like, well, yeah, but you'll see, like, you'll get older and you'll kind of like they kind of talked about like a pendulum, right? It swings and you're going to swing left now when you're young and then you're going to swing, you know, back kind of to the middle a little bit and you'll settle in as a good moderate like everybody should be, apparently. But that's the idea. It's like, just you wait, like you'll get older and wiser and obviously more conservative. Um, I, I did not do that. Um, I have only continued to uh, move to the left, I, I would I think. think. The, I think the baby it's members like, did that, you know, because they, they went from being the 60s generation and, and, you know, protesting Vietnam. And they went from that to, you know, the 70s when things kind of went so, south. So but, that's an interesting question because – because I, I was thinking about this, right? So is it that this group was liberal in the 60s and then grew up and became more conservative? 
or did their liberalism did the entire society shift such that their liberalism was not as liberal as you know liberalism kind of up and coming right yeah and that they, right, they right. kind of their views stayed largely the same from what they were in their formative years but as society as a whole shifted where they once would have been you know kind of maybe far left now they're pretty you know center right and and i think a lot of that has to do with with the transmission of information Right, so we get the post World War II group, and we have radio, and and radio's great, but you know it's hard to get on the radio. Then we have TV, so you get a little bit more information coming at you, and and you can see these things happening, and you can see the kids dying in Vietnam, and you can see the kids dying in Cambodia, and you can see you know these these types of things happening, and now we have the freaking internet, where you know this generation is being uh, you know completely affected by the messaging and all those things that are you know kind of available. And you're able to pick and choose your sources um, in, in a much more different way than you were in the 50s and 60s. But, it, you know, if you watch something like Mad Men, you know, it kind of exposes that veneer that we had of the 50s, the late 50s and early 60s of, you know, this up and coming America where, you know, the men went to work and they drank scotch at work and they had, you know, their, their peace on the side. But that's OK, because we were com- a country that was going to put a man on the moon and, and things were going well. Um, but at, at the center was this hollow core and. You know, so yeah, I think you know society shifted, but also, I think there was a blowback because you, you go from the '60s with the hippies to the yuppies in the '80s, you know, and all of a sudden you're you're running around like Don Johnson in Miami Vice with, you know, snorting coke with with white jackets on, and you're talking about Wall Street and your investments, and I think a lot of people who are of this age stop there, like that's where their mindset resided. Because the 90s were weird. You know, all of a sudden we get Bill Clinton and the internet and, and things really start changing then. Because, I mean, before Bill Clinton, you know, the last Democratic president was Jimmy Carter, who was a one-term president, who, you know, he had an effect, but it was neither here nor there. And before him, it was LBJ and JFK. And, and that was far enough removed from memory that, you know, to have someone in the White House who was not an old white you know, Ronald Reagan figure was was strange, and I, and you know the '90s really were a transformative transformative uh, decade that I don't think people get enough credit for. Too. Here too far. No. Um. <laughs> Here too far. Hashtag. <laughs> and and okay, so on yeah. top of that, our, so you know, our generation is kind of weird. I, I'm older than you. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of caught between like the Gen X group and whatever Gen Y. I was born in '78, um, so you know we're kind of like in this weird in between period. But I like I, I guess I identify more with like the Gen X group because I went through grunge and the '90s and you know that that was that was my era, um, MTV and and kind of the the last gasp of of broadcast media transitioning into this weird broken up thing you know we went to the movies and and we did we remember life before the internet we went to college when there weren't cell phones and and all of a sudden we graduate and everyone has a cell phone um and and you know i was was a semi-adult before 9-11 so do you think that this is one of my revelations the other night i was laying in bed it was like 2 a.m I was like, have you ever looked at your hand? All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to lead the witness here. Do you think that we're on this upper trend 
as I mean, I, I would say like an American culture. But you know how we look back on you know the early medieval period, or we look back on fourteenth century England, or you look at sixteenth century uh, Germany, especially our friends who are you know big fans of Luther, and we like to say like, okay, well, this was their particular worldview, and they believed this, and this is where they had some shortcomings, but for the most part, here's here's how we can put them in a package, right? So uh, yeah. post post. Um, you know, post enlightenment, of course, but also post like uh, post Darwin. You know, post like uh, natural selection and evolutionary theory and those things, those wonderful things that we get in the nineteenth century. Post those things, do you think that that we as as a human culture, human society, and I know that's normative and generic, but bear with me. Do you think people are going to look back on us if we're still still here in five hundred years, and think, okay, you know, here's their worldview that things were progressively going to get better and here's what that failed and here's what they didn't understand you know what i mean like yeah do we realize the 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 flaws in our system no you know what i mean because we would like to think oh we had overkill so things are getting better here and there's fewer wars and people are living longer and and you know much fewer people died so far in the 21st century than died in the 19th century and not just because of war one war two but you know, in the last 10 years, like, way few people have died from famine and hunger and war compared to 1990 through 2000. So we're, we're progressively getting there. And and I think that's what drives so much of progressive politics. And I don't know if that's necessarily the the right way to approach all this. So, I, I mean, as with everything, right, it depends on your data. And um, by a large number of measurements – we are significantly better off as a worldwide population um, than we have been at any other time. But I do think that you're right that that we – but I don't know that we're unique in this, but that we fall prey to the idea that things will only ever continue to get better. And this is why – um, I just fundamentally disagree with you know the the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. quote that you know the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends toward justice. I just don't believe that. That's a hopeful view. I wish that were true. What I think is actually true is that if we wanted to bend toward justice, we've got to reach up and grab it and bend it ourselves. Right. Um, I, I think. I know too much of history um, and not even ancient history, just kind of recent American history uh, to know that that's just not true. Um, but but the but then my follow up question would be, can we continue to make the progress we've made if we don't allow ourselves to kind of be a little bit naive and think that we're just continuing to move forward? Right. I mean, so like nihilism has an effect on the progress that you can make. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it depends on what, what you mean by progress. So, I mean, is, is progress like expanding, you know, market capitalism, free marketism, where everyone is available to, you know, believe what they believe and, and go about their business? Um you know, and yeah, we'll have a beneficent, beneficent government that that looks out for us. But for the most part, you know, we're we're free to interact and do our transactions as as we see fit. Which, I mean, that's 
you know, whatever that American mythos that, that we've been trying to spread, you know, right. the gospel for the last 100 years, um, compared to other competing ideologies, whether it's, you know, something like terrorism or, or Nazism or fascism or communism, um, or, or, you know, democratic socialism in Germany, those types of things. Um, I don't know, you know, I just, I, I just think back to, I'm going to dip into the ancient world, you know, something like ancient Egypt, where the cosmos and the mythology and, and the just understanding of the universe was so radically different than what we could ever wrap our heads around today. And there were so many advantages to that. But like you said, there were so many disadvantages to that because things are kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, kept and controlled and, and there's a, um, you know, lock on power and, and you yeah. know, 99% of people live yeah. in a terrible condition. Right. Hashtag hegemony, um, which we haven't actually gotten that far away from. Right. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I just think that the myth of progressive progress is, is you know, and, and uh, I don't know. The quest for the host I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, so it's true. Thing. OK. Yeah. So it depends on it depends on um, how you're measuring it. Uh, but if you're measuring it on you know people dying from what we would consider preventable diseases, people dying from more of the expansion of what we would consider freedom and rights. Right, and we're going to argue over what that looks like. Um, then we are making progress, but I don't think that that is guaranteed. Um, and, and that would be where I think uh, some on the left can continue to fail. Is that they, even if they're not saying it, that's their expectation, and so they're either not working for the progress that they want to see, um, or, or they're you know they're just kind of like I oh, don't you know it'd be okay like yeah. Like we look at these stats, hey, things are going the right direction. We've done our job. Let's just let them keep going that way. That may not be the case, right? They could turn around and go the other way. Um, a whole host of things, you know, and, and impact that. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of ways in which you know we are not making the progress that we probably think we are. But, but I also think that as bad as we think a lot of things in the world are right now, and there are plenty of things that are absolutely horrible. Um, there are a lot of measures that we're, we kind of conveniently don't think about, uh, because we don't have to think about them anymore because they have gotten so much better. Of course, some of them are coming back, right? Like the maternity death rate, for instance, is astronomically high in the U S compared to what it should be for a nation of our, you know, our wealth and, and, um, you know, our developed status or whatever. Um, so yeah, yeah we're, we're not always rate. moving in the right yeah. direction. The incarceration rate, right. All of these things. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, yeah. Hmm. That's why we should all turn to Jesus, Thomas. <laughs> Christ for president. Yeah. Woody Guthrie. WWJD. What would Jesus do? He would just try to overthrow the system. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think he would dress up like Mike Pence and talk about, you know, how we're trying to deliver. <laughs> what was the Mike Pence comment about the healthcare thing? Um, we're, we're just trying to to deliver a fair, like state-run, some. Anyway, it's this crazy-ass quote. I was like, how how can a man of faith say that? I mean, I'm not. You know, judging his faith, whatever. But Laurel. So, so when liberals tell me like, "Oh, well, things are getting better," and you know, couldn't get any worse. You know, 
to quote the Beatles. Um, you know, on the other side, we, we get the men of faith like Mike Pence, and it's like, what, what, are, you, I think, what are you thinking? I think 2016 and 2017 have disabused a lot of people of the idea that it can't get any worse. Yeah. I hope so, anyway. Have, have you listened to that on uh, on, on the Spotify, the, the new, or Apple Music, or whatever you prefer, the new uh, Beatles? Sergeant Pepper? No, remix? I use, um, no, I haven't. I Mostly I use um, Amazon Music. It's on there, too. Okay. It's good. You can listen to it. Check that out. Hell, hell of a lyric. I mean, if you listen to that song, it's uh, a little tongue-in-cheek. I used to be cruel to my woman. I beat her and kept her apart from the things that she loves. Oh, man, it was me, but I'm changing my scene, doing the best that I can. I admit it's getting better. Couldn't get no worse. <laughs> <laughs> good, good stuff. So maybe we'll um we'll determine answers to this question. The you know um, whether we've actually made progress or what we need to do to continue making progress uh, once we determine who the winner of the Thinking Religion Bible Bracket Challenge is? <laughs> yeah. You know, if Judith wins, then I think that'll restore balance to the universe. Exactly. So we're going to judge them based on um, which offers the best model for um, uh, late-stage capitalism. Right? <laughs> late-stage capitalism. <laughs> is that what we're calling it now? Is that the... Is that what's going to go on the tombstone of our culture? Is exactly. They, they live during late-stage capitalism. Here lies late-stage capitalism. LSC. Had a good run. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like agrarianism. What's next, though? Like, the robots just take over and we upload our consciousness to the cloud? Single payer. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's going to take a... Uh, it's going to take a... Uh, Terrible event to make that happen. I would love. There's a really good piece. There's a really good piece in Vox today about using the Americare model um, as uh, kind of the the way that you get to single payer. It was really good, like the most realistic way. So anyway, check that out. Uh, if you're, I think Matt Iglesias wrote yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. It, even even that, it's going to be really hard. But you know, hey, we're having a lot more uh, Democrats. Um, get behind you know something like you know Medicare for all, uh, which is a lot closer than we are now. So sure. there is hope yet, and um, yeah, and the the Republican health care bill, uh, such as it is in the Senate, um, has gotten delayed at least until after July Fourth recess, which is a good thing, um, though it's not necessarily dead yet. Um, kind of like. The guy in uh, the night in Money Python. <laughs> I'm not um, dead yet. No, that's that's the guy on the. It's actually the, the guy on the cart when they're yeah. when they're collecting all of the Bring out all of dead. the dead bodies. Bring out your dead. Yeah, it's like the opening scene. Yeah. But you do have you do have the Black Knight who you know is ah oh, it's just a flesh wound. Anyway, that's a that's a great uh, it's uh, a really great movie. Um, yeah, so the healthcare bill is um, not dead yet, but. But, it, it has suffered a, a mortal wound. A flesh wound. Um, that it is only probably considering a flesh wound or, you know, it is a bit of scratch. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's missing a leg. Uh, it's regaining its strength. It, it's They're going to they're gonna try to ram this thing through. And, and I don't know. I mean, uh, what was it, 12? 
senators came out, it turned out that the 12, no, nine, nine, I'm sorry. Um, nine were formally against it, at least. Yeah, probably a lot more, but now they don't have to, you know, come out public on anything. Um, you know, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that, yeah. how that goes. I got a lot more thoughts about that. You can read about some of them on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, don't need to, we don't need to sully such a great show with um, with thoughts on in the abysmal healthcare bill uh, that is. So sign up for the Thinking Religion Bible Record Challenge. You will not be sorry. You will learn a lot about the Bible and about all some of the other books that should have been in the Bible. And, hey, there's still a chance because I don't believe in a closed canon, so you never know, right? Um, we may we may see some of these in the Bible yet. Probably not, but maybe. Um, reach out to us uh, on Twitter. Email us. Tell us your thoughts about the matchups um, and about anything else. Sam is at Sam Harrelson. I'm at Thomas Whitley. You can always find this great podcast at thinking.fm. Hey, did you see that Norway just banned circumcision? Wait, what? No, really? What? Yeah, we're still recording. Yeah, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna slide into your DMs with this. It's on the Jerusalem Post, which I follow evidently. Dupe. Norway, man, they're they're going out there. You know, their king is a Harrelson. Um, I know you remind me every chance you get. That's <laughs> my people. A ban on circumcision won't happen on my watch. The leader of Norway's Progress Party, which last month voted in favor of a ban on religious circumcision of children, said. Party leader and finance minister Steve Jensen spoke during a meeting on Monday with European Jewish leaders, including the European Jewish Association, blah, 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 blah. Proponents of the bill, which discussed the party's national gathering over the weekend, claimed that circumcision constitute mental and physical harm to children and constitute a serious violations of children's rights. I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, so they voted? Wow. But that could also be considered like anti-Jewish, right? I mean, anti-Semitic. Right, exactly. And I think that's that's going to be part, at least part of the problem, part of the difficulty there. Yeah. And you know, Norway had such a clean record when it came to World War II. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, speaking of little boys. Speaking of circumcision. <laughs> All right. Mazel tov.